Hey everybody, so a couple of weeks ago I had some students approach me with the idea of getting together the entire Big Mood family, which is over 10 people, to record the Christmas Carol. Now, that's a crazy idea, but I'm crazy, and so we did it. Now, we only recorded Act 1 because it's a long play and we recorded during finals week, so none of us had any time. And we basically did it without reading through it all together, so I think we killed it. This was such a fun project and it's been so much fun getting to know these students in this way, so I'm so excited to present to you what we're calling a Big Mood Christmas Carol, or the Christmas Special. Enjoy! A Merry Christmas to all. And to all a big mood. Don't yell it. And then we all yell it. <laughs> Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatsoever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief foreigner. Scrooge signed it and Scrooge's name was considered good for any piece of business he chose to put his hand to. Marley was as dead as a doornail. Now, I don't know what there is particularly dead about a doornail. I would think a coffin nail would be a deader piece of iron, but far be it for me to change the expression or the country's done for. So permit me to repeat, once again, hypothetically, that Marley was dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he had been partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole friend, and the only man who mourned for him, if Scrooge can be said to have mourned at all. And the mention of Marley's funeral brings me back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I'm going to relate. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood, years afterward, above the warehouse door, Scrooge and Marley. The firm was known as Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes Marley, but he answered to both names. It was bitterly cold, and the fog was thick as pea soup on that Christmas Eve of 1843, when Scrooge sat busy in his counting house, with his clerk nearby, trying to warm himself at a candle. But since he didn't have much of an imagination, he failed. Wassailing among the leaves so green, here we come, wandering so fair to be seen. Love and joy come to you, and to you your wassail too. And God bless you and send you a happy new year. And God send you a happy new year. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. What? I said, a Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, uh, bah humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle. Surely you don't mean that. Of course I mean it. Merry Christmas, indeed. What reason do I have to be merry? You're poor enough. Come, Uncle. What reason do you have to be dismal? You're rich enough, haha. Bah. Away with, with Merry Christmas. What's Christmas to you? But a time for, for paying bills without money. A time for, fi for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If you, <clears throat> if you could work, if you could work my will, every idiot who go, goes about the Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried on, buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. Uncle. Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way, and I'll keep it in mine. 
Keep it? You don't keep it. Let me leave it alone then. A lot of good ha it has done you. Well, there are many things from which I've benefited, even if they didn't show a profit, I dare say. Christmas among the rest, but if anything belonging to Christmas can be considered apart from the sacred source of its name and origin, I'm sure I've always thought Christmas as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only, the only time of the year I know when men and women seem to be one consent to open, to open their shut-up hearts freely and think of others as if they, were, they really were fellow passengers to the grave. And therefore, uncle, even, it, even though it has never put a scrap of silver or gold in my pocket, I believe it has done me good and will do me good, I say. God bless it. Enough sound of you, and you'll keep another sound out of you, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your position. Don't be angry, angry uncle. Come dine with us tomorrow. I'll see myself in hell first. But why, uncle? Why? Why? Let me ask you a question. Why did you get married recently? Because I fell in love, of course. Love? You fell in love? Love? Ha! Good afternoon, nephew. But you never came to see me before I married. Why give it a reason for not coming now? Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry to find you so resolute. We have never had a quarrel, you and I, but I came all this way to give you greetings of the season, and I keep my Christmas humor to the last. So Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good afternoon. And a Merry Christmas to you, Bob Cratchit. Huh? Oh, thank you, sir. Merry Christmas to you, too. That's another fellow, my, that's another fellow, my clerk, with, with 15 shillings a week, a wife and a family, talking about a Merry Christmas, I retired to Bedlam. Scrooge and Molly's, I believe? Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Molly? Marley's dead. In fact, he died seven years ago this very night. Oh, I'm quite sorry to hear it, but I have no doubt his generosity is well re represented by his surviving partner. At this festive season of the year, Mrs. Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and needy, who suffer greatly at the present time. Many thousands are in want of basic needs. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? Did they disappear? Oh, no, sir. There are still plenty of prisons. And the workhouses for the poor. Still in operation, I assume? They are. Still, I wish I could say they were not. The treadmill and the poor law are in full vigor, then? Yes, very busy, sir. Oh, well, I was afraid from what you, from you had said that something had stopped them in their full course. I'm glad to hear it. Given that they scarcely furnish Christian cheer to the multitude, a few of us are trying to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and some means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time, above all others, when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. Ah, you wish to re remain anonymous then? I wish to be left alone. I don't make merry at myself at Christmas and I can't afford to, afford to make I, idle people merry. I, I am taxed for, for my institutions I have mentioned and, and they cost me enough. Though those who are badly, are badly off must go there. Well, many can't go there, and many would rather die. Well, if they'd rather die, perhaps they should go. Go ahead and do it, and decrease the surplus, surplus population. Besides, I won't know anything about it. Well, you could know about it, sir. It's nothing of my business. I, ha I have too much on my, 
my, of my own business to, inter, to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me, me constantly, and I, and I'll thank you, and I'll thank you to leave me to it. Good afternoon, gentlemen. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born get, on Christmas Day. Get away from Day. here, you. To I didn't ask to be bothered with that not noise. Power as we have gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. You'll want, to, you'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose? If it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I if I was to hold hold back half a crown for it, I think I think you were being uh, abused. No, no, no doubt. And yet, you, and yet you don't think me ill used, and then I pay you a day's work with for no work. It's only a, it's only once a year, sir. Hmm. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every twenty fourth of December. But I suppose you must have it. Be here. I'll be here the earlier the next morning. Oh yes, sir. I definitely shall. I certainly shall. Father. Hello, my dear son. Father, I've been waiting for you. Let's go by the Corn Hill and watch the children play. Someday you'll be there too, playing with them. I feel that I'm getting stronger every day. And do you remember what tomorrow is? Christmas Day. And I'm to have the whole day off to celebrate with my family. Hurrah for Christmas! Oh, Scrooge. He was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. He was. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, to be sure. Secret, self-contained, and solitary as an oyster. He carried his own low temperature with him everywhere he went. He iced his office in the dog days, and he didn't thaw at one degree at Christmas. Scrooge always took his melancholy dinner in the same melancholy tavern, and this night was no different. He read all the papers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book before he took himself home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner. They were a gloomy suite of rooms. It was old and dreary, for nobody lived in it but Scrooge, the other rooms being all let out as offices. The fog and frost so hung about the black old gateway of the house that it seemed as if the genius of the weather sat in mournful meditation on the threshold. Upon arriving in his chambers, Scrooge shook off his cravat, put on his dressing gown, slippers, and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel for he had a cold in his head. It was a very low fire, indeed, nothing on such a bitter night. He was obliged to sit close to it and brood over it before he could extract the least sensation of warmth from such a handful of fuel. How's this? What do you want from me? Much. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Alright, who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. <laughs> I don't believe it. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your own senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because little things affects them. A slight disorder to the stomach makes them cheat, makes them cheats. You might be an un, 
undigested piece of beef, a blot of mustard, a fragment of an underdone uh, potato. There, there's more of gravy than uh, of gravy about you, whatever, whoever you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mercy. Dread, dread, uh, dreadful uh, apparition. Why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do. I must. But why have you come for me? It is required of every man that in the spirit should walk aboard among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if the spirit does not go forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. A witness what it cannot share, but might have shared, and turned into happiness. Oh, woe is me. You are fettered. Tell me, tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link, yard by yard, and wore it of my own free will. It is the pattern strange to you, or would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It is long and heavy as the seven Christmas Eves ago you have labored on since. It's a ponderous chain. Jacob, old friend, please speak comfort to me. I have none to give, I have little time. I cannot rest, I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hold. Oh, not to know what any Christian spirit working kindly in its little sphere will it find in its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness. Not to know that space is no, that space, no regret of life can make amends for one's life opportunity misused. Yet such was I. Oh, such was I. But you're always a good man of business, Jacob. Business, humankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. And the dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Oh, why did I walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to bless the star which led me to the wise men to a poor abode? where there was no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me. Hear me, my time is nearly done. I will, Jacob, but don't be hard on me. I am here to warn you that you have yet a chance of escaping my fate and a chance I have proctored for you, Ebenezer. You're always a good friend, Jacob. You're always a good friend, thank you. You will be visited by three spirits. Is, is that the chance you mentioned? It is. Oh well then, I think I'd rather not. Without the visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Except the first tomorrow, expect the first tomorrow, when the bell tolls one. Can't they all come at once and have it over with Jacob? Expect the second to on the next night, same at the hour. The third upon the next night, when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look, see no more. And for your sake, take care that you remember what has passed between us. Oh, um. And so, Scrooge lay in his bed and thought and thought and thought it over and could make nothing of it. The more he thought, the more perplexed he was. And the more he endeavored not to think, the more he thought. Marley's spirit bothered him exceedingly. Every time he resolved within himself that it was all a dream, his mind flew back again, like a strong spring released, 
to its first position and presented the same problem to be worked all through. Was it a dream then? Dong. A quarter past? Dong. A half past? Dong. A quarter to it? Dong. Ah! Are you the spirit to, whose coming I was told about? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where are we at? <laughs> oh, the I missed it. He's ah. doing the chimes because the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read that, then I was like, I didn't. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. I was at the bottom of the page. All right. <laughs> was it a dream then? Dong. Quarter past? Dong. A half past? Dong. A quarter to it? Dong. Ah, the art itself. Nothing else. Ah, are those spirits who's coming I was told about? I am! Who and what are you? I am the spirit of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. Perhaps you can turn, turn down the lights that accompany you? What? Would you so soon put out the light I give? Yours are the dark passions that will extinguish the light of truth. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. What brings you here? Your welfare, of course. I can't think of anything more conductive to my welfare than night of uninterrupted sleep. Your reformation then, take heed, rise and walk with me. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away, Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to Good heavens, I was bred in this place, I was a boy here. Your lip is trembling, and what is that upon your cheek? What's what? Oh, nothing. It must be a pimple. But lead me where, where you would, spirit. Do you remember the way, Ebenezer? Remember it? I could walk it blindfolded. Strange that you've forgotten it for so many years. Why, that's David Masterson and Robert Estes. Hello. These are merely shadows of the things that have been. They are not aware of us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Poor boy. My mother died giving birth to my sister. My father grew uh, more amorous and and seemed uh, begrudged us both after that. I, I wish, but it's too late now. What is it? It's nothing. There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I, I, should, like, I should like to have given him something, that's all. Dear, dear brother. Fan, little fan, you've grown. I've come to bring you home, dear brother. Home, little fan? Yes, home for good and all. <laughs> Father is much kinder than he used to be. He was in a pleasant mood just the other night, so that I was not afraid to ask him once more if you might come home. And he said, yes, you should. And he sent me to bring you. Ebenezer, Father has arranged an apprenticeship for you. You're to be a man and begin your career. You'll, ne 
You'll never have to spend another moment in this, in this dreadful school. But first, we'll be together all Christmas long and have the merriest time in the world. Your sister was a frail creature and often ill, but she still has a large heart. So she had. You're right about that, spirit. I'll not co contradict it, God forbid. Come, Ebenezer, pack your things. The carriage is just outside. Are you sure father's ready to have me home? Oh yes, I'm sure of it. But where am I to be apprenticed? You will work for a wonderful man, Mr. Fezziwig, who keeps a warehouse. Now come, we mustn't keep the carriage waiting. Your sister died a young woman, but she's did have a child, as I recall. Yes, a son, my nephew. His name is Fred Hollowell. Your nephew, Ebenezer, the only family you have left. Yes, that is true. Come along, Ebenezer. It is time to see another Christmas. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Do you know this place? Know it. This is where I, I was apprenticed. Look, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his heart. Fezziwig alive again. And there's Dick Wilkins. We. We were the best of friends. Yo-ho there, Ebenezer, Richard. No more work tonight, my boys. It's Christmas Eve. Clear all this nonsense away. All of you, we must make room. Life is too short for all work and no play. I say it's time for a party. Hey-ho, Richard. Cheer up, Ebenezer. It's such a small thing to make these silly people feel so much gratitude and joy. Small thing? Is it not? After all, what did he do? This Fezziwig spent a few pounds on a party. Does he deserve such praise as this? It isn't that, Spirit. Why, Mr. Fezziwig ha has the power to make us happy or unhappy. He can, he can make our, our work pleasant or miserable. Just in the way he, he looks at us, the way he addresses us. A, th a thousand such little things add, add up, you know until the happiness he gives us, he gives as, is as great as if it co costs a fortune, and... What is it? Nothing. Something, I think. No, no. It, it's just that I would, I'd like to be able to say, help, say a word or two to my clerk just now, that's all. Come, Ebenezer, my time grows short. Look! This was not a justice scrooge, or to anyone whom we could see, but it produced an immediate effect. For a grin, Scrooge saw himself. He was a little older now, a man in the prime of life. His face had not the harsh and rigid lines of later years, but had begun to wear the signs of care and years. There was an eager, greedy, restless motion in the eye, which showed the passion that had taken root, and where the shadow of the growing tree would fall. Now the spirit takes Scrooge to a painful memory involving his romantic past. I know it matters very little to you. Another idol has displaced me, and if it can make you as happy as I would have tried to, I have no reason to cry. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. Now, there's a double standard for you. All the world speaks so vehemently against poverty, yet it condemns the pursuit of wealth just as harshly. You fear the world too much, Ebenezer. All your other hopes have merged into one hope of eluding the disdain of others. I have seen your nobler, virtu nobler virtues fall away, one by one, until nothing is left but one master passion, the, the pursuit of profit. It consumes you. 
What then? Even if I have grown wiser and more astute, I haven't changed my feelings toward you. Oh, Ebenezer, our promise to one another is an old one. We made it when we were young and poor and happy to remain so until we can, prove, we can improve our, fort our fortune together by patience and hard work. But you've changed. You are not the same man. Tell me, Ebenezer, if all of this had not happened, would you seek me out and try to win me now, a poor, dowerless girl with nothing to bring to a marriage? Just as I thought. You may feel sad now, Ebenezer, but I have no doubt that you will dismiss the thought of me very soon, as if you were glad to have awakened from a bad dream. May you be happy in this life you've chosen. Spirit, show me no more. Conduct me home. Why do you enjoy torturing me? There is one more shadow we must see. I don't want you to see it. Show me no more. I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon. Oh, who was it? Take a guess. Why, surely you don't meet eleven a Scrooge. The very same. I passed his office window. His partner, Jacob Marley, lies upon the point of death, I hear. And there he sat, old Scrooge, all alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Miserable wretch. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you, these are shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are, do not blame me. Please, I beg you, take me away from here. I can bear no more, no more. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away, Christmas is mighty struggle, if that could be called a struggle, Scrooge was conscious of being exhausted and overcome by an irresistible drowsiness, and further, of being in his own bedroom once again. He barely had time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep. Ho, 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 ha, 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 Scrooge! Come, come here and know me better, man. I am the spirit of Christmas present. You have never seen me, seen the likes of me before, eh? Ha 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 ha. No, never. You've never walked forth with any of my elder brothers born in these later years? No, I don't think I have. I have had, have you had many brothers, spirit? Ha 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 ha. More than 800, ha ha. A tremendous family to, to provide for. Take hold of my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. Where, pray tell? Are we going? You will see. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. Is there, is there a particular fla flavor in what, in what you spring? Sprinkle from your torch? There is indeed my own. Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? To any given kind, to poor to a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. Spirit, Spirit, why do you why do you of all of all the beings and the many worlds about us desire to cramp these people's opportunities of innocent enjoyment? I well, you, well, you would, you would deprive them of their means of dining every seventh day. When, when markets are closed, often the only day in which they, in which they can they can be said to dine all, at all, wouldn't you? I. You see, you see to close, to close these pla places in the seventh day, and it, ca it comes to the same thing. I seek. Forgive me if I'm wrong. It ha has been done in your name, 
or at least on, in that of your family? There are some upon this earth of yours who claim to know us and who, and who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill will, hatred, envy, bigotry, and selfishness to our name, who are estranged to us in all our kith and kin as if they had never lived. Remember that and charge their doing on themselves, not us. Now look at the Cratchit family. What has ever got to your precious father then? And your brother, Tiny Tim? And Martha, wasn't this late last Christmas by half an hour? Here I am, Mother. Oh, Martha, how light you are. We had a great deal of work to finish at the milliner's last night and a great deal to clear away this morning. Well, never mind. You're home now. Sit down and warm yourself, dear. Father will be home any minute. Hide, Martha, hide! But where's Martha? She won't be coming for Christmas this year, I'm afraid. What? Not coming for Christmas? Oh, here I am, Father. Come, Tim. Come hear the pudding singers in the copper. And did little Tim behave himself in church? He did, as good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you've ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in church because he was a cripple, and it might be pleasant for them to remember, on Christmas Day, who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. But he's growing strong every day, and I just know it. Martha, help me with the goose. There's such a goose, Father, <laughs> such as we've never had before. Such a goose! Just smell the sage and onion! Mother, I did herself this year. We got it for a good price, Father. It wasn't expensive at all. A Merry Christmas, all my dears. God bless us. God, God bless us! God bless us, everyone. I had no idea Cratchit had a crippled son. I wonder why. Tell me, spirit, will the boy live? I see a vacant seat at the table and a crutch with no own owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No. No, that cannot be. Say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by my future, none other of my race will find him here. But what difference does it make? If he is likely to die, then let him die and decrease the sur surplus population. You use my words against me? Yes. So that in the future, perhaps you will hold your tongue until you discovered what the surplus population is and where it is. Who, who are you to decide who shall live and who shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven, you are worthless and less fit to live than millions like the poor man's child. And now, dear ones of toast, I give you to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of our feast. To Mr. Scrooge. Hmm. The founder of our feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to fest upon and hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children, Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day when one would drink the health of such an odious, stinky, hard, unfeeling man as Ebenezer Scrooge. No one knows better than you, Bob. My dear, have a little charity. Oh, all right then. I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's sake, but not for his. Long life to him, a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. I've no doubt he'll be very merry indeed and very happy. To Mr. Scrooge. To Mr. Scrooge. To, to Mr. Mr. Scrooge. I think it's time for a song. A Christmas carol. What shall we sing? Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations A Merry Christmas to all. And to all a big mood. Don't yell it. And then we all yell it. <laughs>